You are listening to the Forge Leadership Podcast. Forge Leadership Network mentors, trains, and connects young conservatives ages 18 to 25, equipping them to lead in politics, culture, and business. For more information or to get involved, visit forgeleadership.org. Welcome to the Forge Leadership Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Martin, and I'm the Chief Operating Officer of Forge Leadership Network. And today I'm joined by Adam Josephic, our president and co-founder of Forge Leadership Network. Adam, how are you doing today? Doing great, Jeremiah. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Absolutely. It has been uh, it has been about a year since we were last on the podcast together in our very first episode. And since then, you know, a, a year later. We're 17 podcast episodes in, and a a lot has happened in the world, (laughs) to say the least, not only for Forge, but in the world at large. So what has happened in the last year? What Could you give us an update on Forge and what Forge has been up to over the last year? Definitely. What a time to be alive. This year has brought incredible challenges and adjustments and and trials and, and also some opportunities at least speaking from the Forge perspective. So yeah, very thankful that we were able to have the 2020 Forge Leadership Summit in person in Columbus, Ohio, in Central Ohio in late July, that we were able to have that in person, that we were able to therefore induct a new Forge Mentorship Academy class and get them started this fall. So those were the real highlights of this uh, this challenging year for Forge. Absolutely. We, we've, we've definitely had our own set of challenges, but you know, from, from my perspective, we've seen the, the ability to have a, have a lot of innovations in our programming, you know, adjustments to our programming, doing things a little bit differently. Ultimately, God has provided, and we've been just thrilled and, and grateful to, to be along for the ride. And that what, you know, ultimately what, what has been, been challenging and what has you know, created a lot of obstacles for a lot of organizations. Forge has been thriving in the midst of that, and we're certainly grateful for that. Uh, you mentioned that we were able to hold our Forge Leadership Summit, our annual summit, in person this year, but even that did not happen without its own set of challenges and its own own set of obstacles to overcome. So could you you tell us a little bit more about that? You know, we we even in the week before the summit, we we had some issues and had some uh, you know, unique obstacles to overcome, right? That's right. I think that we always we were obviously so many things this year for so many of our listeners and and their lines of work and 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 with family plans and everything was so many things were touch and go that we were um, really hopeful the entire spring that by the time we got to the late summer, late July, that the Forge Summit would be able to go off uh, or to run in person. (laughs) We were able to, that we were hoping that we were able to have it in person. And, you know, by the time we got to the spring and summer, we were thrilled that that was the case. But as you brought up, we had quite the adjusting on the fly to do a week before the summit. We had a university booked to host the summit for about 11 months. All of a sudden, even though we were within the guidelines and within the advisories of the state, we we're going to be able to have the event in a, in, a, in a way that maximized people's ability to be healthy and not take any undue risks and all of that. Um, even though we we're within all the guidelines, we had our host location pull the plug literally five days before the summit. So Jeremiah, you and Jenny, our event planner, 
pulled off an amazing kind of rescheduling of 12 months worth of scheduling in about 72 hours. We found a new location that next day that came through. We were thrilled to be at Deer Creek Lodge and Resort, a rural uh, Ohio uh, kind of masterpiece (laughs) as it was. For us, it was a masterpiece uh, because it allowed us to have the summit. So our students were able to, all of our students were able to make it. All of our speakers were able to make it. Not a single person got sick as a result of the week. And we were just thrilled. It was, it was a breath of fresh air, a very needed time of fellowship with like-minded people who share their dreams and convictions for these students. They were able, after having been away from college for a long time, having been sent home, they were able to meet other young people who share so many of their dreams the impact that they want to make on their community, state, and nation. And it was great to be able to just see how deeply encouraged they were, not only by our speakers, not only by our staff, not only by our programming, that is a staple of all Forge Leadership Summits, but really this year, just by being in a real community with other people. Yeah, absolutely. And what's always been significant about Forge is that while we are based in Ohio, a significant chunk of our participants come from outside of the state. And so at this year's summit, we had, you know, we had 80 students representing 25 different states. And so when our university campus canceled on us, it was a matter of, you know, it was, it was certainly a logistical feat because we had people not just coming from an Ohio and surrounding states, but we had people flying in from all over the country to you know, we, we couldn't have them cancel their flights and we couldn't have, you know, we were at a point where, you know, we, we needed to continue on the programming. And, and we are so glad that we did for all the reasons that you listed. Uh, it was certainly it was certainly a benefit to all the participants. And we were so glad that we were able to do that. And the other thing related to that is the Forge Leadership Summit, while it's, you know, our, our big event that we do every year, it's not the entirety of the program. Uh, it is the entry point into our year-long mentorship academy. And if we were not able to host uh, our Forge Leadership Summit, uh, it would really cause us to lose an entire year of programming. And so because we're able to have the summit, uh, we're able to induct uh, a certain number, about 40 of those students into our our, our year-long mentorship academy. And they're continuing that program from where they're working full-time or going to school full-time. So so tell us more about the, the Forge Mentorship Academy and what are the academy members doing right now? The Forge Mentorship Academy is a, is a year-long experiential learning program in community. Um, our students there are paired with the incredible one-on-one mentor. They're matched. We match them with a one-on-one mentor who's making a principled and effective impact on the profession that they hope to impact in 10, 20, 30 years. They are connected digitally throughout the year because they go back to their school or their job after the summit. It's not a gap year. This is meant to complement what they're doing full-time as a student or a member of the workforce. So they go back and in, in, to their home or, or, or work and they are, uh, or to their school or work, and they're connected digitally, co- special monthly conference calls, they're on uh, debating and discussing current events and ideas um, and more. And then they get together twice in the academy year for these experiential learning junkets, if you will, to Washington, D.C. for five days, as well as then uh, to Israel for nine days. So that they come out of that year with experiential learning and networking in state, national, and even international relations. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. And and I can tell you that the students that are currently, the students and young professionals that are currently in our academy are absolutely thrilled that they were able to attend the Forge Leadership Summit and they were inducted into this year's uh, class of the Forge Mentorship Academy. They're having a, a great time. And, you know, the key word that you said there was community. They're building this community of, of like-minded young professionals and they're building, you know, lifelong friendships. And what is interesting about this year that has been specifically unique to this year, we always build community and we always build friendships, but already there's been this re- really unique set of friendships that have been built because of everything that they've went through together, the fact that we're able to have an in-person summit and and the fact that, you know, for many of these students, their schools were canceled or they may have missed graduations or, you know, a lot of things were interrupted in the spring and the summer. And they now have lived through a lot of that together in community with, with the Academy. And so we're, we are so thrilled to have that uh, as, as a continued program that's going throughout the year and that will continue well into next year. So we're, we're thrilled that that programming has not uh, has not been interrupted. But as we move into, you know, we're in December now, it's hard to believe, but 2020 is nearly over. So what does uh, what does next year, what does 2021 look like for Forge? And for young people, ages 18 to 25, young conservative students and young professionals, what can they do to, to get involved in 2021? Yeah. So, you know, what you're saying is that Forge was able to have a uh, an altogether normal year in terms of having our summit in person, starting our academy a month later after our selections, after our 42 members, students were accepted to that in a very abnormal year. So we're, we're all glory to God on that for allowing us to have those opportunities. But yeah, we're, we're thrilled that next year we have the 2021 Forge Leadership Summit scheduled for July uh, in Columbus, Ohio. And and somebody, a young person, an 18 to 25-year-old or somebody that will be 18, an 18 to 25-year-old young conservative can register now and they can download an application now to have their chance at Forge. Not only is this their opportunity to get involved in all that Forge has to offer them on a training, mentoring, equipping level, but this is really their year long. This is their starting point. This is their launch pad. The Forge Leadership Summit is their launch pad to their, their on-ramp into the conservative movement. And uh, it starts in July. So a young person, if they want to get involved in Forge, their road begins uh, in Columbus, Ohio, or, or they need to get to Columbus, Ohio next July. So they should go ahead and go on our website, forgeleadership.org, and apply now. And, and we're going to have a great group probably our largest group ever. And we're just thrilled for the quality of young people that we keep seeing, especially this last year, it was just incredible quality, the 75 young people who attended. And uh, we're, we're excited for that just to continue. Absolutely. So, so students and young professionals ages 18 to 25 can go to forgeleadership.org slash apply. And for those of you who are out there saying, well, it's only December, you know, this is, this is eight months away. There is not a better time to apply because right now through December 31st, we have a special new year discount that if you apply before December 31st, you can get in for only $199, which is 60% off our normal tuition. That is a deal that you will not want 
to miss. So thank you for that, uh, Adam. And for, for the people that are listening to this that maybe are outside of that age bracket, like you or I am, you know, they're older than 25. What, what are some ways that they can get involved? Yeah, they can get involved. There, there are a number of ways to get involved uh, right now. If, if they like us, have the uh, have the aged wis- aged wisdom of, uh, of being older than twenty five. They are. If they remember life without a smartphone, <laughs> then um, they they can get involved in a number of ways. One way at the Forge Leadership Summit, our most exciting day, Friday of the Forge Leadership Summit, is also known as Forge for a Day. Uh, which is our uh, over 25 day in the life of a Forge participant. So you can actually come and rub shoulders with the students, hear from the best, their some of their favorite speakers, see them interact with them while they're doing their legislative uh, simulation process and more um, and share the rece- reception, the showcase reception with us. So we'd love to have you in July, but there are ways to get involved with Forge all year. Um, one of the main ways uh, we're always looking for great mentors for our students. Typically, mentor pairings happen in February. We're always looking for good mentors. If that's something on your heart, uh, we'd love to know about that and see if there might someday be a good fit with the students whose bio and aspirations fit your experience and expertise. And we have many ways to volunteer. And of course, Forge is a nonprofit. It's funded by the generosity of individuals, couples families. So we would be honored if you would consider Forge here in your year-end giving as I'm talking on in early December here. If you consider Forge in your year-end giving or plan to consider Forge in your 2021 giving, it's totally, completely tax deductible and a mission that is really yielding results and effectiveness over these first uh, six years. And we're excited for what's ahead in 2021 and beyond. Absolutely. And and on that note, a perfect segue, um, when you talk about results, when you talk about the products, the, the lives that are touched by our programming, one, one specific al- alumna stands out. Um, and so the second half of our podcast uh, is going to be highlighting Jenna Powell. Adam, would you, uh, would you be willing to introduce that segment? Definitely. Thrilled for you to be able to hear from Jenna Powell next. Jenna is a 2016 Forge graduate. She uh, came to Forge as a businesswoman. She's still a businesswoman in the outdoor advertising industry, but she is now, as opposed to when she first came to Forge, uh, she had said that she would never enter politics because it was so nasty uh, and that she loved impacting culture. She thought it was very important to impact culture, to live out our faith in the marketplace and, 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 uh, see these principles that have made America such a special place lived out in our society. However, uh, so she was very committed to Forge and how Forge could help her engage her world. But I think she, (laughs) as I tease her, was probably the most adamant that that would never, for her, that would never take on a political vocation. Uh, You know, fast forward about four years and she has just been elected to her second term as state representative for Ohio's 80th State House District. Uh, she serves Miami and Dark Counties um, in Western Ohio, was first elected in 2018, and is now um, in the new year going to be beginning her second two term as a state legislator. Uh, we're very proud of Jenna and the principled stances and high character way that she's uh, gone about serving her community and serving her constituents 
and, and, and representing herself, her family and her friends. And we're just really thankful that her story has intersected with Forge's story and that she has been able to put the skills and friendships that she gained through Forge to help her take these big adventures into the fray of the public arena. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we will uh, we will now hear from, from Jenna Powell. Thanks for letting me join you all today. Hey, it's our it's our pleasure, Jenna. Thanks for thanks for being with with us. I know busy day at the state house and uh, nothing going on in the news that would that would have any elected official. No, very slow around here for sure. Nothing yeah. too crazy. Nothing like trying to open up our entire state again or anything. Small task, small lift. Thank you for what you're doing. By the way, thank you for for serving your constituents and and, and doing that, Jenna. Why don't you uh, why don't you give our, our 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 students a look into your path with Forge? You attended Forge 101 Forge Summit as both a volunteer and a participant. For those who don't know, Jenna's brother Justin is I mentioned him earlier, co-founded Forge with me, and and Jenna helped both participate but also run our entire event. So <laughs> I don't know if that week was a blur, Jenna, but what do you remember from the Forge Summit? Yeah. So, you know, to begin with, so like Adam mentioned, my experience with Forge was a little bit different, but I think a lot of the same um, philosophy and the same impact had took place in my life that I saw, I've seen over the years in many other students' life at Forge. You know, I went into Forge with an understanding that I wanted to serve my community in one way or another. For me specifically, at the beginning of my experience, it was definitely not through politics at all. But, you know, some of the large takeaways at the end of the first week was just hearing from speakers uh, that had not only incredible hearts, but incredible experiences in fighting in whether the state legislature or the federal government. I think it's very easy for me as an individual who was raised in the country to, to just think, honestly, all politicians were evil, that the people don't really have a voice. And as we walked through the week of Forge 101, you know, what I grew to understand is that, you know, we the people do have a voice, that we as individuals are called, whether it be to politics or business or church ministry or stay-at-home moms, but all of us are called to fight for freedom in one way or another. And I, I think one of, the, one of the big things that someone told me was that, you know, Jenna, they said every single day in America, we are either walking toward more freedom or we are walking toward less freedom. And they said there's no neutrality when it comes to freedom. And I, I found that very interesting. And, you know, after Forge 101, it definitely kind of gave me a taste and an understanding. And I left there saying, as an American, as a Christian an individual who loves my community, I have to serve in some way, you know, whether that meant public office, whether that meant in business, I thought for me personally, it meant serving my community through business. But I knew that, you know, the kind of the mindset shift took place in my heart, in my mind that, that said, I have to do something. Absolutely. Jenna, thank you. And, and Jenna, how did you, you alluded to it, right? So co-owning a, a business with friends and siblings in, in the marketing, advertising space, caring about culture, but I think safe to say that Forge and some of your subsequent experiences uh, had kind of a career or life altering uh, shift on you eventually. How did that come about? 
Yeah. So Adam, great question. They, you, I, I, many of you have probably heard your parents say, you can never be too careful about who you hang around. And for me, that is a hundred percent true because if you would have asked my friends, I legitimately would say all politicians were crooks and horrible human beings. But not only did God change my heart, but also God put individuals in my life that showed me something different. So, you know, when I went to Forge 201 in Washington, D.C., I remember I heard, I believe it was Congressman Mark Meadows. He was one of the men that truly changed my perspective on what a good public servant was. You know, he could have been anything. And what I saw of him, and and now that I'm in the legislature, what I truly see is that it takes a lot of work to work on good policy and put forth good legislation. And when I saw the heart of Congressman um, Meadows and when I heard him speak to our group, it was out of a heart of service. And to me, that was really foreign because that's not what I saw on TV. That's not what I'd heard about in our communities. And when I saw, you know, the fight that he put in every day, to me, that was just like, mind-blowing. So I think in my mind, the first one was a mind shift of the political philosophy and the philosophy of America. 201 for me was a shift that, wow, good people can actually be in politics. And not only can they actually be in politics, we need good men and women in politics to sacrifice. So 201, I definitely saw that through people like Congressman Meadows, Congressman Jim Jordan, hearing them speak, talking about, you know, the historical context of what has happened around the United States to then have what we have today in Washington, D.C. Um, and then and then I went to I went to I went to Israel. So 301 is, as Adam mentioned, is where you guys go to Israel. I had done some traveling, but I'd really not been to a lot of other countries. And in when you're in Israel, it's an incredible experience to walk where Jesus walked. But also on top of that, you get a lot of geopolitical, you know, talks and understanding. And, you know, the friends that I had had on that bus, um, we would get on the bus and discuss all about, you know, foreign policy and, and different things like that in regards to the Middle East. And I remember after that week, I, I specifically knew that freedom comes at a cost. Uh, we were on the Gaza Strip, and I remember something that just never goes away in your mind is, is we were near a playground, and right near the playground is a bomb shelter, and it's painted to look like a caterpillar. And I remember uh, the, the gentleman that was showing us this community said that each of the children had to be within 12.5 seconds of a bomb shelter at any time. And in, in, in a lot of the children suffer from PTSD. They suffer from a lot of um, just mental illnesses from the fear that they are going to be you know, attacked at any time. And I, I have a little sister who's nine years old. And I just remember thinking, my sister doesn't have to live in that fear. But because I knew from 101 that we were either walking more toward freedom or it was being taken away every day, I knew at that point that we had to, you know, we had to be a voice in one way or another. And so I think through a lot of the friends at Forge, that's really what shifted my entire mindset. Um, and even after that, I actually came back thinking I was still going to do it through business. And that's another whole conversation of how I even ended up here. <laughs> well, and, and, and Jen, no, that, Jenna, that's helpful. That's really helpful insight. And, and you've talked about those experiences. You've talked about those experiences, the, the trips. And, and how has the Forge Network served you beyond your experiences that year? Yeah. Adam, so I'm sure you're familiar with a quote from uh, Truman. He said, it's paraphrased, but in essence, if you want a friend in Washington, get a dog. 
you know, I think that can be said, whether you're in Washington, D.C., or whether, whether you're in Columbus, Ohio, that you're not in politics to have friends. And, and frankly, very rarely do you have friends. It's a very cutthroat, you could say, business where trust is not earned easily and it's not kept very well very often. The biggest thing that I have received from Forge, besides an entire change of life in my in, of my life, um, but I would say the second biggest thing is the friendships that I have gotten. And and you guys are probably sitting there like, oh yeah, I've heard about friendships from other networks and things like that. But but I'm telling you, Forge is, is completely different. I talk to people I have met through Forge every single day. My legislative aide is from Forge, you know, and and I know the people that I've met and I've become friends with. It's, it's even, it's beyond politics. It's people who care about me, who now know me and who are willing to say, Jenna, you're wrong or Jenna, you're right in different situations. And when you're in politics and when you're in Columbus, people are just stabbing you in the back literally all the time. Most people want to see you fail, you know, in business or in, in, in college, like your parents want you to succeed. Your teachers want you to succeed, but politics isn't that way. You know, politics, it is a very cutthroat business where you don't have many friends. And when you find friends, when you find friends that will tell you the truth at any time and will be there, no matter if you've had a terrible interview or a great interview, will be there to help you think through the political philosophy behind the bills that you're working on. Those are the kind of people that you want with you the rest of your life. Even though politics, sometimes when you're in the legislature, seems like you're kind of an island unto yourself, the political network is made up of good people around the United States. You know, it is a team sport to be able to 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 win and to be able to push forth our conservative cause. We have to have networks in the state and around the United States. And for me, that's what Forge has done. I know my first it was my first month of my first term of my first year. It was the night before I had to have a speech prepared and legitimately I had no clue what I was doing. So I texted Adam who texted friends who texted friends and I had a speech written by 9 a.m. the next day. And it was a speech that I knew I could be proud of. I knew that was philosophically correct and have helped me in just so many different ways, whether it be speech prep, whether it be bill bill writing, whether it be, you know, my legislative aide. Um, those are people that I can trust along the way. And I just... Adam, I can't thank you enough for that because I am I am grateful because like I said, friends, friends don't come easy in the legislature. And frankly, that's not why I'm here. No, that's 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 well said. And and and, and Jenna, that was one of the uh, questions that our one of our students had. And another one that they so it's a I'm gonna give you a rapid fire, uh rapid fire two-part right. one here. Okay, so advice. One one of our students uh or attendees of this of this preview is asking advice for somebody coming to forge what what should they do to prepare for the forge summit and then the second question is as a young person who aspires to run for office what advice would you have for them so advice for attending forge and advice for preparing to run for office okay so the advice for attending forge i would say three things one come prepared ready to learn that's very you know obvious two come prepared ready to meet people and three come prepared ready to get not very much sleep. Um, but those are the three things that I would really say, like Forge will change your life. But one of the best things I actually heard when I went to Israel um, for the first time is they said, you're not going to realize you learn a lot of things until about a year later. And for me, 
Forge was a start of a journey for me. So, you know, get ready to say, I know this isn't the end of where I'm going to be. It's just the beginning. And I want to lay a good groundwork to be able to go where I want to go. So that would be the thing I would say to Forge members. And you can message me at any time as well. And I'm happy to chat with you. And if you're going to the Columbus one, I'll probably see you guys there as well for at least a day. If Adam doesn't kick me out of the Capitol. Um, <laughs> and then the second thing, so the, your second question would be about people who want to run for office. I'm going to be really honest. I'm, I would say that that's maybe the wrong question. I would say that I think your mindset should probably shift and say, instead of the goal being running for office and winning, your mindset should be, how can I change my community and my state in the best possible manner? And, you know, I think running for office and in being in the legislature, for me, it wasn't a goal. For me, it was right place, right time. I think a calling from God and those things all lined up together. I think you could potentially be very sorely disappointed and miss out on a lot of opportunities if your only goal is to be elected. Um, there are many ways that you can impact your community, your state, and your nation. You know, maybe God opens the door to run for Congress. Maybe he opens the door to run for state rep. Maybe it's mayor, but maybe it's also running a nonprofit or a, a church or, you know, it, there's so many different areas. So I think that I would maybe challenge your mindset a little bit and say, I want to ask you more questions of why is it running for office instead of other areas? Because when I look at our community, I am only a small portion of um, defending and fighting for freedom and helping people every single day. But, but, you know, if that is what you feel called to do, then I would say the first thing would be dig into what you believe and why you believe it. If you don't know what you believe and why you believe it, you will be a terrible, terrible elected official. Because there are people who yell at you, who scream at you, who bribe you, who do everything to get you to vote the way they want you to vote. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the congressman said it really, really well. He said, first off, you know, I want to do the work so that I can represent my constituents well. And sometimes that means um, your constituents aren't going to understand why you're doing what you're doing. And what I tell many of them is I say, you hired me to do the research and to understand the philosophy and happenings of what's going on. You're going to have to trust me at some point to, that, that you trust me that the bill that I voted on was, was best for our community and our state long term. But, but it's way too easy to get kind of off the straight and narrow very quickly because you feel like you feel like this person told you this and this person told you this and a lobbyist and money's flowing. Know what you believe. Know why you believe it. And be willing to say, I don't care what anyone else says. This is what I'm called to do. And this is why I'm here. Um, and I think that's crucial. And I think no matter no matter what my constituents vote me in, vote me out in the next, next year or two years or however long I might be here, at the end of the day, what I always ask myself is, at, when I lay my head down, did I do what I was called to do? Did I do what I said I would do? And did I do those two things with the best of my ability? That's how I go to bed every night feeling like I've accomplished something, whether or not a bill passed or not. That's actually not my kind of prerequisite. My, what I am called to do is to be faithful in my calling, to work hard and to fight well for the people because I'm only one of 99. And, and when I do all those things, I can rest assured that I, I fought well and I did what I told the people I would do. Thank you for listening to the Forge Leadership Podcast. 
If you liked the show, please drop a review in your podcast app and be sure to subscribe for all our latest episodes. You can follow Forge Leadership Network at Forge Leadership on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For more information about Forge programming, please visit forgeleadership.org.